0: What exactly is it that makes a high school basketball player so special that he vaults up the recruiting rankings? And what is it that coaches are looking for to help determine who they're going to go after and try to get on their team? We'll talk about it today.
1: You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hey there, it's Thursday, October 5th, 2023. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and joining me today is our guy, coach, Bill Robinson, the head coach of the Milligan University Buffaloes, getting ready for fall break coming up tomorrow. I am not jealous in any way. I'm just lying. I'm completely jealous. I want fall break, but it's coming soon. Folks, we want to thank you for making Locked on Tar Heels your first watch or listen of the day to get your team every single day. I want to remind you that if you want to be a bigger part of this community, you can come join our Discord. Uh, for those of you who know what Slack is, it's very similar to that, where you can just have all sorts of great conversations. The link to join is in the show notes. Come dive in. Coming up on the show today, we are going to talk about how success on campus can help breed success with other teams. You know that we're going to have story time with Coach Rob. It's going to be excellent as always. But first, as we've been talking about earlier in this week with um drake powell continuing to just rocket up recruiting rankings which has been wild to see um and and had some good notes from some others i had would mentioned uh trying to remember other players who would come up to that level somebody had mentioned to me john henson or nasir little great examples of that nas rose all the way to like third in that class even ahead of zion williamson if i remember correctly which is crazy stuff so um thanks folks for reaching out with some of those but I want to look at that kind of on the general level, and obviously Coach is going to have some great insight to that today. This idea of what is it that can make a recruit just rock it up or maybe even go the other way, fall down. We always hate to see that for young men, but the truth is if somebody's coming up, somebody else has to go down. So, Coach, before we get to the general level, let's talk about it with somebody like Drake Powell. When you see his rapid ascension over the last year and a half – What are the things that have potentially changed in his game or maybe his body that have allowed this level of rise for him? I think the tools have always been
1: there. His body, obviously, his college body already. His athleticism is off the charts. So I think that's initially what pushed him to the top, uh, towards the top of the list. Uh, What I think the rankers they wanted to see his productivity. They wanted to see him play in the top tournaments against the top competition and put up numbers. And I think that's what really set him apart this summer uh, when he started to put up the numbers he did playing against the very best competition. Um, I don't think the guys ahead of him got worse. He just rocketed up above them. It's, it's no different than than, you know, playing time with a team. You know, that, that guy who's been a starter all of a sudden gets passed. He may not have gotten any worse, but that guy
0: below him just rose up above. And I think really think that's what Drake's done. So, like, because the talking point with Drake is that the defense has always been there, right? Like, when he first committed to Carolina, it's like, man, this dude, you know, Leaky Black, maybe 2.0. Somebody described him to me as, like, if you could combine the athleticism of, like, a Theo Pinson and a Nasir Little, that's part of what you're getting with Drake, which is mind-boggling to think about. But, like, the, the type of numbers, for example, that he put up at Peach Jam this summer, it's that kind of thing that's solidifying him jumping the way he has. Right. And that's what they're looking for. And
1: um, I mean, that's what these guys do for a living. So they're really, really good at it. And it, it can be the, the difference between a spot or two or five spots can just be that ability to knock down a jumper or that ability to be able to make that extra decision uh, in a positive way. It doesn't even necessarily have to be scoring numbers, but that that little extra hustle plays where he's he he takes his average you know, rebounds from five to, to eight in, in, a, in a summer. You know, little things like that can just be the factor to push that guy just a little bit above that next guy. And uh, rankings matter. I think that's one of the things that – and it's not just, a, hey, we got a better class than you because we know that other school down the road has, seems to have a great class every year, but it doesn't always you know, translate into wins. But um, I had an interesting talk with Mark Turgeon uh, years ago when he was at Texas A&M, and he got a lot of heat from alums because the, it was all about the rankings in Texas mm-hmm. and getting those kids to A&M. And he was judged by how many top 50 Texas kids he got. It wasn't even nationally, but just in Texas. And uh, you know, he, his point was, I got a kid I really, really like that I think is going to help me win games. That's ranked 75th or 100th. But he was almost discouraged to recruit that kid because he wasn't in the top 50. And there's, there's players that can help you win at the college level that are not going to necessarily be ranked. Uh, Wes Miller is a great example of that a guy who helped him win games and made shots and was tough and uh, not necessarily going to be a top 50 ranked kid.
0: And that, I mean, uh, you know, we've heard Hubert Davis talk some of that about himself with how Dean Smith talked to him about like, Hey, you're a great basketball player. You might, you might not get that here in Chapel Hill, but he came and did. So coach hearing that about coach Turgeon, I, I love that anecdote. That's a great story. So put yourself in the shoes of a mark turgeon put yourselves in the shoes of a hubert davis rankings or not like if if you see a kid that has the things you need to help your team win a basketball game how, like how do you help convince the the rankings lookers the people that are enamored by like five stars and oh the numbers are so great but there's something you see in that kid that's fifth in the nation that makes you have pause or hesitation maybe it's a personality thing i don't know what it is but there's this kid that's 75th like you were just saying that's like this is the new the dude we need because of how he helps our program move forward how do you help sell that to people who just don't get it
1: yeah it's interesting cuz i'm i'm teaching a coaching for character class right now it's a fascinating class and one of the conversations we had was talent versus character hmm. and the number one factor in winning at any level, any, any sport, is talent. You have to have talent. But there's got to be a character component as well. Um, coach Peterson used to coach football at uh, University of Washington, had a great article about kind of his philosophy of that. And he called them our kind of guys, mm-hmm. where they they saw film, and if a kid would wow them with their athleticism or wow them with their talent, that would get them interested. Then they had to find out about their character. Then they had to find out what really made this kid tick and whether they were – our kind of guys. And I think that's what Huber's looking for. He's looking for his type of guys that have obviously great talent, but they have that character component, that work ethic component, the ability to to be part of a system and play uh, together to maybe check that ego at the door, which is really hard to do, uh, especially yeah. if you're trying to, to get to that next level. But I think that's the next factor. Talent, everybody needs that talent. But then you got to go in there and figure out. And sometimes it, it you have to talk to the high school coach. Maybe it's the guidance counselor. Maybe it's the the custodian that you need to go talk to and really dig and find out. Because if the if a custodian knows something about a kid, he's either really really good or really really bad. You
0: know, if he's <laughs> in the middle, he won't know. But you know, those are the people that really know what a kid is like. Let me let me put it to you this way, Coach, in very like very practical terms. Let's say to the eye test, you have a kid who let, let's just say we were going off rankings, but it was legit. Like a kid who was fifteenth. But like top of the world kid, like from a a personality and character standpoint, and you had a kid who was first in the nation, but you had questions about his character, how he might affect the locker room or things like that. Would you take somebody who was, you know, marginally less talented, still a very skilled basketball player, but a little bit less talented? Would you take that with high character over best player in the world, but who's a turd? It depends on how much I want to sleep at night. Really what it comes down to. <laughs> That's a great um, answer. <laughs> if there's
1: times when you, you know, you got that, if he's 15th, he's still really talented. He's still going to be really good. You're going to win a lot of games with him. Um, that, that, and we've all done it. We've all taken a kid, you know, that maybe, maybe doesn't quite fit our system, but we need that talent or we need that edge. Sometimes just an edge. Sometimes it's just an attitude, uh, that winning attitude. And we need that little edge to kind of put our team over the top. But uh, I would much rather have that kid as fifteenth. Probably not the kid that's a hundredth, if that makes sense.
0: He could be a I great have, kid. There's, there's have, a scale. You got a balance,
1: you, yeah. Balance there, but yeah, uh, got to be wowed like Washington football. You got to be wowed by the talent first, and then uh, you know, hopefully, you have a kid that you can uh, uh, obviously mentor and mold, but also allow you to
0: sleep at night. And I really like you making that distinction between bad character and that edge to win like I think about somebody like Cormac Ryan this year it's not that we're not it's not a bad person but he's just got that edge where he's going to push guys he's going to annoy the other team but he's the kind of guy you want on your team and I I think that's a critical nuanced difference that you're making there yeah he's a New York kid so
1: he's going to talk and if he hits (laughs) he he hits one he's going to not say anything he hits the second one he may chirp a little He hits the third one he's going to be running and that's uh, what feeds a lot of guys. Uh, we've got a guy like that right now when he makes a couple shots, he just starts for, and he apologized to me the other day. He said, well, coach, I, I know you might not want me to do that. I said, if it feeds you and makes you play better, then I'm not going to stop you as long as it doesn't go over an edge, you know,
0: especially we're not, we're not trying to be Pat Beverly here. Like, <laughs> exactly.
1: you know, we, especially when it's his own teammates, we don't want to fight in, 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 practice. But if some guys just are fed by that, I remember, uh, Bobby Hurley talking about, it. he played too hard to talk. You know, he, he just Ooh. was always at it. and, and, but that is not what fed him. Everything fed him was internally, but you need somebody like Cormac Ryan who can bring that little bit of an edge and uh, it's confidence. It's swagger. And not everybody's got that swagger, but when
0: you do, and when you can back it up, that's the other thing. You got to be able to. Yep. Yep. Woo. That's fun stuff. I love this kind of conversation coach. Thanks for letting us in on just a little bit about what coaches are looking at and thinking about with it. Now, North Carolina is having wild success across all sorts of sports this fall, as always, and as expected. But one of the things I'm curious about is if that has any effect on the other athletic teams on campus and how that success can breed other success. I want to talk with Coach more about that, and we'll do it in just a second. But first, this episode of Locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle, level it up to peak performance. From superchargers to roof racks, exhaust kits, and LED headlights, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one vehicle, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. All right, folks, want to remind you, coming up on Friday is Locked On College Football kickoff live. Times are adjusting. It's going to be 11 a.m. till noon Eastern time, now live on every Locked On College channel's YouTube page. Make sure to come check it out and get ready for this weekend of college football. All right, coach. It feels like every year North Carolina is having all sorts of phenomenal success on campus in every sports season, fall, winter, and spring. I mean, that women's tennis team was an absolute juggernaut last season, and it's going on again this year. Let me just give you some of the numbers, both to you, coach, and to to everyone listening and watching, because it's mind-boggling and staggering. And then I just want to hear your thoughts on, hey, if our soccer team's playing well, it's rubbing off on our basketball team, or maybe it's not. I just would love to hear that. So, right now, as of the time of this recording— if we combined all of the Carolina fall sports teams, football, 4-0 overall, 1-0 in the ACC, field hockey, 8-1 overall, 2-0 in the ACC, men's soccer, 5-0-4, lots of ties, 1-0-3 in the ACC, women's soccer, 8-0-4, 3-0-1 in the ACC, and then the only team struggling just a little bit is volleyball. They're 7-6 and 1-3 and in the ACC. So, Coach, if we combined all of that, North Carolina's fall teams are 32 and 7 and 8. And then in the ACC play, 8, 3, and 4. And then, if you'll allow me to just take out the volleyball record and look at the others, the other teams are 24, 3, and 8. That's ridiculous. And in ACC play, 7, 0, and 4. Outside of volleyball, there are no ACC losses right now. Coach, that's absolutely astounding. Let's look at national rankings football right now. 14th in the AP poll, 13th in the coaches poll, field hockey, second in the nation, men's soccer, 13th in the nation, women's soccer, first in the nation. Volleyball is not ranked, but men's cross country, fifth in the nation, women's cross country, 21st in the nation. So of the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven fall sports teams, six of them are currently ranked in the nation, three of which are in the top five. Coach, this is absolutely insane to think about. But what I want to ask you is, does that rub off on the other teams? Let's take football, for example. We often see the basketball team at the football games cheering on the other guys. There was that picture recently of Bo May being the last guy there. With with Armando and RJ being there at the football games, seeing what Drake May and those guys are doing, does that feed into them at all? Oh, it definitely does. And we talk about culture as a program,
1: but when you talk about culture as an athletic program, not just a team, um, it definitely success breeds success. So it doesn't really, um, if you put Carolina on your chest, it just changes you. There's just an expectation that you are to win and it doesn't really matter what sport it is. Um, I've always said, you know, the Clemson's had that had that long run where they couldn't beat Carolina at home. Um, <laughs> just looking at Carolina chest that, that was worth how many points, six, eight, 10 points, just because that Carolina or UNC is on their chest. Um, so as a young coach, you know, it was if your team's struggling, you want other teams to struggle so you don't look bad, and that's a really immature way of looking at things. As a matured as a coach, I know my program is better if baseball is better. So when we hired a baseball coach here, I told him my job is to make you better at whatever I can do to help you win games. That's what I want to be able to do because that helps my program. When cross country wins national championships like they've done here, that helps my program. It gets us attention. So. It has to take a mature look at that and say, hey, this is going to it's about us. It's not about just me or my program, just like we do with the team. We're not asking our guys to look at it individually. We want them to look as a whole. Our guys look at the programs as a whole and uh, and and find some success
0: uh, helps us as well. Yeah, because I I guess I hadn't thought about that side of it, but there is this way in which there could be envy or jealousy. You know, I mean, you, you sit back and look at Anson Dorrance and everything he's done with the women's soccer team. And I don't, I coach, I think you're right. Like I would feel in, completely inferior to that. But when coach Dorrance is, is willing and able to come alongside, um, you know, like coach Matson, who's brand new coach in the field hockey team, right off of her stellar career as a player. Like if he's willing to come alongside her and say, Hey, listen, don't be intimidated by me. Don't feel inferior because of my success. Let me help pour into you. I mean, what does that do for a young coach? Yeah, I got to meet Coach Dorrance at uh, Eric Montross camp one year. He came and spoke to the dads,
1: and I got a chance to talk to him afterwards. He is the most humble, nicest guy. And if I had been a new coach like that, taking over a, a field hockey team, um, even though all the success, the first thing I would have done as coaches, went to spend some time with him. Hey, can I take you out to lunch? Give me some help with this whole thing. How can I uh, attack this whole thing? And and what do I need to do? And, just, and you need a mentor. You need somebody who can sit there and, somebody who's been there and done that, who can help you as a young coach be able to, to get through some of those pitfalls and, and mountains that you've got to go through to be able to get to, to the point where you're successful. Uh, I know in Coach Williams, uh, you know his situation when he was still coaching, uh, I met with Joe Holiday to talk about the book and uh, we were sitting down in the spring and he said, you know, Coach Williams gives to every spring sport. And I said, what? He says, he gives money, big money. And he, he doesn't really want anybody to know that, but I think now we can kind of, let it out of the bag a little bit, but right. I mean, it's not just going to games, but he went to every spring sport. I mean, I'm talking about golf and tennis and things that just don't get a whole lot of attention because of, you know, it's just hard to go watch golf. You know, there's not stands. It's just different. Uh, but he went to every event in the spring and he would give money to every, every sport in the spring. So, I mean, he was showing not just his, his, I mean, for him to have time to go see every sport, Um, I mean, there's nothing more he could give financially uh, that could be worth more than his time. So he was just showing that support. And those teams knew that, you know, he cared and they want to be great because that's part of being at
0: Carolina. Man, that's so good that, like, success, breeding success can just take the shape of presence or you giving of your time. And I, I think that's critically important. I can't imagine being, you know, I know, like, if if I'm in the tee, I'm not a golfer at all. I've played some mini golf in my day, but Coach, I I, uh, I my baseball swing would have gotten all screwed up. I couldn't be playing golf. But if I'm in the tee box and I look over in the gallery and, and Coach Williams is sitting there, or I'm I know he's at Boshamer a lot. You know, if if I step into the batter's box and I look up and there's Roy Williams, like that does something for you as an athlete. Like uh, for some people, it, it might make them try too hard, but I I just think there is that like, oh. This is Carolina. This is what we do and who we are. So I I love all that conversation. Coach, any other thoughts on that on um, maybe the athlete perspective on how their relationships of like, hey, we're killing it. You need to step up like anything else on that side of it. One of the cool things we uh, experienced this fall, we actually
1: took our guys down to the soccer game. In full practice gear, I told him, hey, put, put on your outside running shoes. And I thought, oh, no, we're in trouble. Coach <laughs> is going to make us run. Who, what, what happened? Who, who screwed up? And I was like, no, no, we're just going to run down the soccer field. Um, I got a text from the AD saying, keep it up, your energy. The guys feel your energy. He mm. was sitting over there by the bench. We were on the other side. And they feel it. And they know when we're there. And the baseball team has supported us greatly over the years. And uh, they sit behind the, the opposing team's bench and, and just and are loud. And it, it, it makes a difference. <laughs> it makes a difference when people are there supporting you. And, and when there's so many athletes on campus as it is here uh, to see teammates, to
0: see uh, support for other programs, uh, it just means so, so much. Man, that's great. And, and for those of you listening, I think this is an important thing to remember too, is like just the presence of fans really is an important thing. And so, uh, yes, I know a lot of us care so strongly about the men's basketball team or the football team, but man, if you ever have a chance, go support these other teams because Carolina is full of incredible varsity athletes and athletic teams. And so make sure you find time to go support them and cheer them on. Coach Williams is setting a great example with that. No reason but to follow it. Well, we want to get into our favorite time of every conversation we have with Coach Rob, getting into story time with Coach Rob. Can't wait for another story today coming up in just a second. All right. We are joined today by Coach Bill Robinson, the head coach of the University or Milligan University Buffaloes. I can't even talk about my alma mater correctly here today, Coach, uh, who is a two-decade staple of the Carolina summer basketball camp. There in Chapel Hill, helping train up next uh, generations of basketball players. Coach is in the midst of working on a book, shopping it around. We're working on a. Pub- if you're a publisher out there. Get this book on your radar because you you need to get it out. Uh, Let's get this thing done for Coach. But Coach is so generously and willingly sharing stories from his book and experiences every week with us here on the show. And so, Coach, really excited to hear today's story. Take it away. This is a funny one. It's a long one.
1: But uh, we talk about the circle, the Carolina circle. And, and of course, Hubert came in and he was going to hire all Carolina guys, guys that had played for Coach Smith or, or, or obviously Coach Williams. And uh, that circle is really tight. It's hard to get in. And people say, oh, man, you must be in the circle. And I said, no, I'm always just outside the circle. <laughs> and I had a situation in 2011 that, that visually showed me just outside the circle. But 2011, uh, Final Four, uh, there's a Kenny Chesney concert. Now, Kenny went to school right here, in Johnson City. And uh, he used to work at Ryan's with my son's mother-in-law. And he used to sing because he used to do the, the salad bar. And she would keep telling him, something, you know, Kenny, please stop singing. You're no good. You know, and, and now he's the Kenny Chesney. But uh, Kenny Chesney was sing, was uh, performing at the uh, 2011 uh, Final Four in Houston, and uh, Coach Williams was backstage with him, had exchanged e- uh, cell numbers with him. And um, I was out with Kurt Sinnott and his wife and out walked Roy and Wanda. And he saw us standing there, so he came over to say hi. And uh, Kurt played at Kansas, coached the JV when, when Coach Williams was out there. His wife wrote for the school newspaper. Hmm. So she would interview him on the regular. So they had a really cool relationship, real good friendship. Well, there's a bunch of Kentucky fans who had lost the night before who all wanted to get pictures with, in their words, the greatest college coach out there. Hmm. So he kept saying, we got to keep moving. We got to keep moving. Well, then uh, Eric Hoots, who's on staff, Wes Miller came up. Um, Apparently Marvin Williams was in town uh, playing in the NBA, playing against the Rockets that weekend. So they were talking about tickets. And Coach Williams kept saying, we just got to keep moving. We got to keep moving. We can't stand still. We got to keep moving. Well, they walked over to the hotel that Coach and Wanda were staying at, and they literally made a circle. And I was just outside the circle. <laughs> and I just stood there, and, and they were talking about tickets and talking about what they are going to do that weekend. And at the end of the conversation, Coach kind of looked through the circle at me and says, hey, Billy, keep him straight out there. I said, thanks, Coach, I will. And he went in a back door, back entrance that, I guess, the, uh, the VIP-type people go. Uh, but it was the actual visual <laughs> circle, and me just outside. And uh, I tell people that all the time. Now I feel like I've gotten closer to the circle, um, but I'm I'm not a Carolina alum, and I uh, you know that's just part. So I'm in the the camp circle, and I'm in the Eric Montrose camp circle, um, and these guys are my friends. But when it comes down to the the really that tight inner circle, it's just something that uh, you have to be a member of, and and I won't be. But uh, that's just part of it. So I get those two weeks of summer where I feel like I'm part of the greatest basketball uh, program in the country, and uh, I value it. And I love that time. I cherish that time. Uh,
0: but I'm always just a little bit outside that circle. Man, that's that's so hilarious. You you have this uh, whatever, like, psychological representation of this circle, and then that physical moment of, like, oh, no, quite literally, I, I'm on the outside looking in a little it's- bit. It sounds like. We need to create a, a Milligan circle coach and then we won't let the Carolina guys in. Exactly. Or, you know, let's go. We could go get a master's or something at Chapel Hill and then we will be uh official Carolina. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh that's a great story. Yes, Kenny Chesney, legend there in East Tennessee. And uh man, great to have him as a almost kind of a footnote, honestly, in that story, which is pretty funny there. So uh Coach Rob, great story as always. Thanks so much. For sharing it with us and great insight on on the recruiting side of things, and then that conversation about success on campus. Here we go, Coats. We're just a couple weeks away now, about four and a half from tip off. Can't wait to get there for Carolina, where we can start talking games. But also, we know your season's coming up as well. So, folks, make sure you check out that Milligan University schedule for some great NAIA basketball. You won't regret that. That wraps it up for today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. We want to thank you so much for joining us. Coach and I love having these conversations. We hope that you enjoy them too. You can go follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Heels. Follow Coach at Coach Rob Buffs. You can follow me at Isaac Shape. If you want to have more conversation, you can email the show Locked on Tar Heels at gmail.com. Or as we said earlier, come join our Discord. You every everydayers, we want to thank you for being with us. If you're brand new to the show, welcome in. Come make Locked on Tar Heels, part of your everyday. Don't forget to subscribe on video and audio platforms. Smash the like button if you're watching, and we'd love to hear your comments on all of today's conversation. It's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. We'll be back with you tomorrow, previewing the Syracuse game coming up this weekend. But until then. Peace.